The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got the sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny and Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. We're 5-0. We are 5-0. It's incredible. These This string of games has been something that we've been longing for as Suns fans, and we're finally getting to see it. So in this episode, we'll break down games against, excuse me, wins against the Clippers, Pacers, and Heat. And then after that, we'll break down the games coming up against the Thunder, Sixers, and Mavericks. Follow us on Twitter at SunnyandPHXPod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. At the top of the show, we want to send our condolences to Paul Westfall and his family, as it has just been found out that he was diagnosed with brain cancer. So definitely wishing them all the best, Paul and his family. Paul Westfall is a, you know, a key piece of Suns history. Uh, just an amazing player and still involved with the team. So wishing him and his family all the best. We also will be giving a shout out for our bet question from last week. Shout out to Joe Shook who is at shakedup12 on Twitter, for getting the bet question correct right on the dot. Our question was, how many points would Cam Johnson have in our last game against the Pacers? Joe got it right on the head with 14, and I also guessed 14 points, so I won that one too. Wow. Yeah, I'm undefeated. This has been a bad streak for me. Just like the Suns, I am also undefeated in the bubble. I'll take that. (laughs) <laughs> if the Suns are going to be undefeated, so can you. You can be undefeated as well. That's right. That's right. But yeah, go ahead and tweet at us at Sunny and PHX Pod with your response to our bet question that will come later in the show. And whoever is closest to the correct amount on our on our little trivia question will get a shout out on the show. All right. We all know the Suns are five and zero, and we're going to break down these games on the way to this five and zero. And the first one is against the Clippers. And we're we're a week late on this. I believe this game was the day after we put out our last episode. Yes, it was last Tuesday, August 4th. But did you guys hear that Devin Booker had a game-winning shot in this game? If you haven't, then you, you probably don't listen to this show or any other Sun shows or follow the Suns on Instagram. I mean, it's everywhere. Or or just ESPN or yeah. Bleacher Report in general. Or just like going outside in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, everywhere. This, it's, it's everywhere, and this game was just so incredible. We don't need to beat it to death since it's been talked about for nearly a week already, but man, that the game winner was just a thing of beauty. That's a, a signature Devin Booker moment. I saw someone say when he uh, retires someday, that will be one of the best plays in his highlight reel, no doubt. 
Yeah, I mean, he looked like Kobe. He, he did. really did. And, you know, a lot of people can agree with that and say that was Kobe-esque. Devin Booker has a lot of the same qualities as Kobe did. But then that also offends some people as well. The, you know, some of the diehard Kobe fans, it's tough for them to let anyone compete with him. But there's so many things that are similar between them. They had a great relationship. Devin really looked up to him. And it's a fair thing to say. There's some Kobe Bryant and Devin Booker. Oh, for sure. But yeah, I mean, this shot was just amazing. And I mean, so smart. He's got Paul George and Kawhi guarding him, but, you know, he gets just the right amount of space to get the shot up. It goes in perfectly. And Eddie Johnson pointed out that he did this so there was no time remaining on the clock. In the past, Booker has hit some what could be game winners, but he leaves three or four seconds left on the clock. And so the other team gets the ball for one more one more opportunity to score. But in this case, you know, that the backboard flashes red, the buzzer goes off right as it goes through the net. There's nothing you can do about it. Such a beautiful thing. And, you know, maybe he did get fouled on the play too, which it doesn't matter now, but maybe that happened. And you could see that he had to change his shot a little bit midair because Paul George may have followed him, but if he didn't, it was a very good contest. It was it was great defense right. no matter right. what. And you could see that he, with his right arm, he had his left hand off the ball by the time it it went up. And you could tell he had to put a little bit extra on it. But man, just so pretty. And all the great camera angles of it. Yeah. Oh, here I am saying that we don't need to talk about this much, but we can't I mean, not. You can't. Not. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, and I like the angle where you see just how close Paul George's hand got to the ball. I mean, Booker's got the ball just on his fingertips and Paul George's hand basically touches the bottom of Booker's palm. It's like centimeters, millimeters away from the ball. He might have even grazed it, you know, but Booker just puts the perfect touch is able to avoid Paul George's hand just barely. And it was just like the perfect shot. It was. And the thing that makes it even better were the uh, virtual fans in the background. Yeah. All with their, their hands on their heads, looking very nervous about what's about <laughs> to happen. And then just when it, when you just see it all after the fact, and you get to see all those like or Clippers fans just looking that way, oh, it feels good. Ver- oh yeah and just a big shout out this has been so much fun to watch the nba is doing great no positive covid tests inside the bubble since everybody showed up this couldn't be going better oh yeah no the atmosphere has been awesome i like the virtual fan thing at first i was hesitant but it's actually been really fun the crowd noise that they pump in is not too much but it's like it's very familiar you know um, the music, they still have the same music and the, you know, the sounds after free throws or whatever, they're getting all of that from each individual team. You know, I was watching this game against the heat and there were times where it almost was just like watching a regular away game. Really? It does seem that way. The, the crowd noise is on point. I mean, maybe it's a little loud since we can't hear the referees' whistles a lot of the time. That's yeah. maybe my biggest gripe about the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ref whistles are tough to hear, but I mean, it really feels like a, a real game. When you hear the the crowd instantly 
kind of go, oh, when they when someone misses a free throw, I, I'm amazed at how they're able to have that piped in so quick. It's yeah. They even <laughs> there was one game I was watching, I forget which one it was, but there was like a questionable call and they piped in some booze. <laughs> and I I was like, wow, they're actually doing this. You gotta it make it pretty f- funny. It's gotta feel real for the refs too. Yeah, yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean it's been great. It has been so awesome to watch and I mean just I, I'm I find myself being so excited for each game. Right. Okay, let's get back into the Clippers game because we're, we're excited about everything, obviously. Everything's going so well. But Clippers game, here we go. Devin Booker, obviously, with the game winner. He scores 35 points, 8 assists. One thing about Booker's game in the bubble is the distribution. He's really showing that he can be the be the main playmaker for this team, and I'm not trying to discredit Rubio at all. I mean, Rubio's been a great playmaker, too, and Booker somehow has been even better. It's a good problem to have. It really is. And then we we have so many guys helping out, and that's what makes those assists happen, is when we actually finish the bucket, and that's been happening, which is fantastic. Right. And uh, a guy who was having some troubles finishing in this game, Kawhi Leonard, he ends the game with 27 points, but he was 10 for 21 from the field. And uh, just a little shout-out to Mikhail Bridges' defense, which has been pretty darn good through the bubble here yeah it's been awesome i mean Kawhi is really good if you can hold him to 27 that'll work and then paul george had 23 on six for 17 shooting we'll take that we'll take that and you know keep in mind Ubre's not here he'd be matched up on one of those guys but in this game we saw we, we saw mikhail normally matched up on Kawhi, but then it was either cam johnson or devin booker guarding Paul George and they did a pretty decent job on him too he was six for 17 from the floor in this game so Mm -hmm. even though they were both over 20 points we gave the Clippers two studs a lot of trouble in this one yeah I've been really happy with Cam Johnson on the defensive end too I mean he's not perfect by any means but he's just put on some muscle during the break and he just looks big and it's like yeah he's six eight he looks big he's getting to the rim sometimes and dunking and it's just like, wow, yeah, he can play power forward. Yeah, he looks like the total package compared to what everybody assumed they were getting when they drafted him. Except yeah. maybe James Jones. Maybe James Jones knew this was in case, and that's why he drafted him. But yeah, he looks so good at every aspect here. He's picking up double-doubles in the bubble. In this yeah. game, he had eight points and seven rebounds. That's a nice game for a rookie who you didn't expect to ever start a game this season in a starting role against the second best team in the West, the Clippers. Yeah. That rebounding has been big, especially without Baines and Kaminsky's struggled a little bit. You know, it's, it's really nice to have Cam Johnson step up and get some boards. Right. And when you're one of the bigger guys on the court, that's a responsibility for you. We're, we're not a huge team right now, especially like you said, without Baines and then, Kaminsky hasn't been playing great, been playing low minutes. So Cam Johnson, he's the second biggest guy out on the court for us a lot of the time. And he's yeah. playing like it, which he is. It's great. And then you have to we have to do this in every game. We have to shout out the bench mob. And Dario Saric goes for 13 points, seven rebounds. Cameron Payne goes for 12 points, three assists, two boards. 
I, the Cameron Payne situation has been incredible. He's plus 14 in this game, and he's been a difference maker. Yeah, he has. And Dario, too. I mean, Dario has embraced his bench role, and he's going to come out and give you 13, 15, maybe even 18 points and pull some rebounds down. He's looked really good. And I in one of the broadcasts, they were saying that, you know, he just worked with like the strength and conditioning coaches through all the COVID stuff, dropped some weight, just got stronger. And I think he is really in his perfect role right now. Yeah, it's really great what Dario is doing right now. And something that I hadn't noticed earlier in the season, but something we've been leaning on as a team a little bit, Dario in the post. Yeah. He's a... Uh, it's slow down there, but it's it's slow but sure. When Dario has control of the ball in the post, he's going to get a, a decent look within a foot of the rim. Mm-hmm. And he's been finishing a lot of those, and that's another big reason why we're 5-0 and right now. Right. Well, and I think it's nice to slow it down every so often, too, because, like, we have some shooters, you know? And if you get the ball to Dario in the post and he takes – five or six seconds to get position guys are going to start double teaming him even though it's dario Saric, you know he is still going to get closer and closer to the basket and someone eventually will help and then he can kick it out if he has to right he's a solid playmaker too yeah all right so this game obviously it was a big one the game winner we'll all remember that for a long time but i mean 117 115 win over the clippers to go, what does this put us at? 3-0? 3-0. 3-0. That felt good. And the next one against the Indiana Pacers. And we were heading into this one knowing that Sabonis was out. And we yeah. were thankful for that because he always gives us a lot of trouble. But either way in this game, the Pacers did... They kept their foot on the gas through this and made it interesting more than once. There were quite a few lead changes in this game. Yeah, it was back and forth for a little bit. And, I mean, the Pacers are a good team. Oladipo did play. He didn't have a great game, but he did play. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we were really able to seal it with, you know, a big win. We won by 15 in this game, which it really didn't feel like it. But, I mean, we just played a solid game overall, and we didn't let adversity get the best of us, you know. We went down by three or four points toward the end of the third quarter. And I was just thinking, you know, in the past, in the recent past, we would have just rolled over and given up. You know, we build a decent lead early on, and then it goes away around, you know, halftime, third quarter, end of the third quarter, they take a small lead. But instead of rolling over, we go on a huge run. I mean, how many points did we score? Like, I think it was like a 21-0 run or something like that. Right, and like, there had been an 18-0 run earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. This was, a, you know, basketball is a game of runs, and this was that on the tee. Right. Um, no lead is ever safe. That's but very we go true. on a run, they start to come back, we go on another run, we keep pushing, keep pushing, put our foot on the gas until the clock hits zero, and that's that. And that's why basketball is the best sport in the world, yeah. if you ask me. Yeah. I agree. Oh, I'm just so happy. This I know, is so funny. I know. <laughs> I'm not used to this. All right, but the main takeaway in this game, 
TJ Warren, who has been playing insane in the bubble. We've all seen the stats. He's got to be averaging over 30, probably closer to 40 points a game in the bubble. But the one time he gets shut down is against the Suns, and that's Mikhail Bridges again. Yeah. Mikhail just locked him up. I mean, he had 16 points, but 7 for 20 from the field? That's bad. One for five from downtown. TJ's been just five. on fire from three, but, you know, some contested shots. Pesky McHale every step of the way. That, that'll that wear you out. And I think uh, TJ kind of curled up for this game a little bit. I think he knew that uh, a, lot of, a lot of eyes were on him for this one. They definitely were. And I think... I think it's interesting to note that TJ has all these super high-scoring, really good games, then plays us, Mikhail guards him, shuts him down, and then the very next game, he goes back to scoring 35 or 40 points. More people need to be talking about Mikhail Bridges. Zach Lowe has given him some love lately, but more people need to be talking about him. He's shutting guys down. I know, and for as much attention as TJ gets for his bubble performance... Is anyone going to say, but hey, Mikhail Bridges shut him down? I don't think so. Probably not. And That's fine. It is fine. And, you know, I was thinking about this, too. Defense just isn't as flashy, you know. Even Kawhi Leonard, someone like that who is well-known for amazing defense, it still isn't talked about all that much. No, until his offense came around to the point where it, has been over the last couple years. Yeah, I don't think he got nearly the attention he maybe deserved for being such a good defender. That's true. Right. So we got a couple guys over 20 points in this game. DeAndre Ayton leads the team with 23, 10 rebounds too. Booker with 20 points, 10 assists. A couple double-doubles in the bubble. That's what I'm talking about, Mitch. Yeah, it's nice. Well, and this was another game where Booker had some foul trouble. And the bench was able to carry things, you know, as, as much as necessary. Booker had five fouls going into the fourth quarter. And our bench, you know, Dario Saric, 16 points. Campaign, 15 points. They did what they had to. Yep, and I mean, we can say this after nearly every game of the bubble so far. But Cameron Payne, again, just coming up huge and clutch and doing a little bit of everything. Six for nine from the floor, three for five from downtown, three boards, three assists, and a steal. Yeah. Who I expects mean, that out of campaign? No. Well, we're starting to. We are now, yeah. Yeah, but for, I don't know, for a long time, no one expected anything. And he is starting to kind of find his place on this team and maybe have a role moving forward even after all of this. Yeah, that's very true. I'd say... You know, especially through this game, I would say that the backup point guard spot is his to lose right now. Yeah. Well, Javon Carter kind of exactly. gave him a run for his money, but this is very good. There's actual competition now for backup point guard. For a long time, it was just like Javon Carter, and he could suck as much as he wanted. Not that he did always, but he could because it's like, who's his competition? Ty Jerome. Right. And Ty Jerome pretty much no minutes throughout this. He got a junk minute or two at the end of this game. 
but and same with Ellie Okobo. Yeah, and Ellie has had a little bit of an injury. I don't think it's anything too serious, but I mean, he just he wasn't playing super great before, you know, before the hiatus either. Right. But either way, at this point, with three more games left on our schedule, I really hope that if Ellie heals up, he doesn't need to see the court. We need to stick with Payne and Carter because those guys are they're laying it on the line. They're playing tough. And you can tell, yeah, they are competing against each other. For sure. For sure. Love it. Oh, yeah, that's great. It's really great. Yeah, I mean, this was a good game. Aiton definitely benefited from no Sabonis, but I mean, they still had Miles Turner, who actually had a pretty good game. 17 points, 8 rebounds, 7 for 12 shooting, but I mean, did what we could and we won by 15, so fine. Absolutely. And one thing to say about DeAndre Aiton through this, he hasn't looked dominant. He hasn't looked great. But it's a double-double every game out there, and it he, he can just pick that up in his sleep. And it's so nice to consistently have that, to be able to lean on that, but we still want more. Yeah, we definitely want more. And I know I've said this before, but it's like with Aiton, 20 and 10 is almost just like a given from him. And anything above 20 points and 10 rebounds is just like icing on the cake, the cherry on top, whatever other euphemism platitude you want to use you know it's it's pretty amazing how we take 20 and 10 for granted when it comes to deandre Ayton. right and maybe the most underrated number one pick of all time very possibly okay so we move on to the heat game and the suns catch a little bit of a gift before this one we learn that jimmy butler's out we learn that goran dragic is out we learn that Kendrick Nunn leaves the bubble right before this game. So they're missing a lot of playmakers, ball handlers, scorers on this team. But when when tip-off happens, they come out strong, 32-25 to 25 at the end of the first. But, you know, the Suns come back and win it, 119-112. to 112. Yeah, and this was another very resilient game for the Suns that in the past we probably would have just rolled over on. You know, we get down by seven, eight points at times, maybe even 10, 11, 12 points, but we keep clawing our way back, go on a little run. Then, you know, early second quarter, mid second quarter or so, we get up by a point or two. They come back, we come back very back and forth until the end of the game. You know, we go get on a little bit of a run toward the end of the third quarter, and then the fourth quarter, we just dominate. It's nice watching the Suns play ball like this, and I you you got to give it up to the bench. Our bench has allowed leads not to expand when we're behind, but also have turned those small leads that the other team has into sizable leads for us. It's been crazy watching how determined our bench is because during the regular season, the first 60 games or whatever, when our bench came in, that meant trouble for us. That meant that whatever lead that our starters had put together, it was going to evaporate, and we knew that. But yeah. now it's it's the exact opposite. We can lean on our bench for a push and even extended pushes where they look great and get us big leads. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the bench has been helpful and very, very helpful in this game. Um 
you know, Javon Carter, like we talked about, I mean, he has 20 points in this game and hits six of his eight threes. We don't win this game without him. It was amazing. Yeah, Javon really stepped up in this one. And apparently before the game, he told an assistant coach that he was going to hit five threes in this one tonight. And he had been cold through the bubble. And we, we weren't, you know, we don't expect that out of Javon Carter. But the looks came tonight, and he was cashing in on him. It was a beautiful sight. Yeah, and I mean, he leads the team in plus-minus with plus 11 in this game. It was awesome. And if we're talking plus-minus, we, we do need to shout out Cam Johnson, who in the Pacers game was plus 36. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And it's these are not like per 36 numbers, mm-hmm. and it's not because he only played two minutes or it's adjusted or anything. No, like straight up plus 36. And he played, I believe it was 36 minutes. I'm, I'm double checking, but let's see. Yeah. He played 36 minutes and was plus 36 in that game. That's incredible. That but, is. I mean, yeah, these guys, you know, were, I think we do have to give some credit to Monty Williams here, who is really doing a good job of riding the hot hand a little bit more than he has in the past. And just like, adjusting rotations based on how things are going in each game. And I know early on that was a little bit of a gripe that we had was he seemed really set in his rotations. And there were times where it's like, well, this guy's really hot though. Ride him a little bit longer. Let him shoot a couple more times. Then if he misses, then, you know, take him out. But he's been doing a great job of just, you know, making in-game adjustments. I, I hear you there, and I, I don't mean to take anything away from Monty here, but since we're without Kelly and Baines, we're kind of forced to keep these guys in a little bit. And we are. luckily, you know, they're playing up to the point that they need to if they expect to play minutes in the NBA. Right, definitely. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess it's a a blessing and a curse to not have those guys, because obviously we we would love if they were playing, and they would make a big difference, but... We're still winning, and rotations are looking good, and yeah, it's great. Yep, there's nothing to gripe about, that's for sure. Maybe Frank Kaminsky's play in the bubble. Maybe that's the one thing I can get a little upset about. Frank's had a rough go at it, and the minutes dwindle. I mean, we played a nine-man rotation in this game against the Heat, and Frank only played three and a half minutes. Yeah. And he was 0 for 3 from the floor, 0 for 2 from 3, minus 3, 0 points, 1 rebound. He just can't stay on the floor right now, and nope. that's okay because we're winning and we don't need him. Right. Well, DeAndre is playing well. When he doesn't get into foul trouble, which in this game he did have five fouls, but it didn't come until the very end. So when Aiton is not in foul trouble, that's really helpful. And then Dario, I mean, 10 points and eight rebounds in this game, but he was two for three from three. You know, his the, his two makes are threes, and Frank can't hit a three to save his life right now, unfortunately. Right. Um, Bam Adebayo. Yeah. I really like him, and I wish him and he. I wish Aiton would take a few lessons from him, because did you see when he got fed in the post with Aiton on his back, and he backed into him and then spun yeah, off of him spun and the other way yammed it hard with two hands can we see that out of deandre ayton yes I we've know. seen him get to the basket on a full head of steam once or twice which is new 
which I like seeing that. But we still haven't seen a a post move where he tries to overpower his defender and just throw one home. Are we ever going to see that? Not anytime soon. I mean, you watch Bam do that, and then you watch Aiton have a mismatch with someone like Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson on him, and he turns around and fades away on the baseline for like an 18-foot jumper. Like, I know he can make that, but... I don't want to see it. Turn and go towards the basket. Yep. I'd I'd love to see that. And you know, we have some we have a game coming up against the Thunder where Steven Adams is there. Or I don't expect that to happen against Steven Adams, but right. Aiton needs to be more physical in matchups like that. And let's let's move it on to our matchups next week. And the first game is against Steven Adam and the Thunder. So What's it going to take to win this one? I know they're playing right now as we're recording, and they're. it seems like they rested both Adams and Noel in that game. So do you think they uh, see DeAndre Ayton on the schedule and say, let's get a full-strength Steven Adams to bully him all game? That's what I'm thinking. You know, I mean, playing the day before does aid us because Chris Paul is playing, so that's going to help. Uh, but yeah, I mean, resting Noel and Adams, the, I think it, it, this is something I said last week. These teams are watching every game, you know, they're probably watching more film than ever in the bubble. And they see that DeAndre Ayton is a problem. And if they can shut him down, then we have to work that much harder. And our backup bigs are, I mean, Dario's been pretty good and Frank isn't doing anything. We have no Aaron Baines, who oftentimes would be our answer to Steven Adams. So, well, unless Baines plays, I don't think he will. But... I was just thinking that maybe this would be a good one for him to come back. It definitely would, but we'll see. I don't think we're trying to rush him back, but we'll see. So, yeah, I think they're intentionally resting them. And, you know, that's it's just all kind of interesting because they're locked into the playoffs. At what point are they going to completely pull back and save their guys for the playoffs. And there was a bit of an incident about that when the Jazz rested all of their starters in a game and then went full strength against the playoff team the next game. It it just seemed a little interesting. It seemed like they, you know, teams maybe want the Trailblazers to get that eight seed so they can give the Lakers a run for their money. It seems like that. And apparently some Western Conference GMs and owners are really upset that that kind of thing is happening. So that's something else to keep in mind as we walk through the end of the bubble here. Who's going to be resting? Are teams favoring other teams to get them a playoff spot? And are all the cards stacked against our Phoenix Suns, even though we might go undefeated here? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we know that load management and all of this, there are these rules around it that seem to be put in place and then not really enforced. I don't know, but there's so many ways around it. You just say, Oh, they have a knee contusion and that's it. You know, like I get a knee contusion from running into a file cabinet or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you brother. Um, But another instance in the Clippers Blazers game, they sit out Paul George for the last five minutes of the game. The Trailblazers have every opportunity in the world to come back and win that one, being at full strength versus the Clippers' scrubs, 
and they blow it thanks to two missed Damian Lillard free throws, which made every Suns fan just scream with joy. Yeah. But the things that have been happening are just so crazy, and I I want this bubble experience to be over, but I'm really enjoying the ride. I, I want to see how this all unfolds. And yeah. Finishes. I don't ever want it to end. It's so fun. I mean, obviously, I want to be going to games in person again, but... I mean, for the time being, I, I want basketball like this for until COVID ends, you know? <laughs> yeah, this is this is crazy. And the playoffs themselves, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It's so exciting. But yeah, I mean, we're going to have to figure out a way to shut down Adams. Yeah, and if we can do that, we'll win. I mean, Gilgis Alexander is a great player. They have Gallinari. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a good team. And it'll be interesting to see how we match up. Yeah. And we've got to hope for a poor shooting night. We've hit a couple teams on, you know, just bad shooting nights The heat, you know, Duncan Robinson did not shoot super well. He still, I think he had 25 points, but he could have had a lot more if he would have hit his threes, you know? Right. And some of that you can attribute to good defense. And some of it is just not getting bounces going your way and that kind of thing. So Got to hope we continue to catch teams on on these bad shooting nights. Yep, we're due for some good luck. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so after this Thunder game, the next one is, oh, it's a back-to-back. So we got the Thunder Monday, Sixers Tuesday. And luckily, not, not great for the NBA or anything or the Sixers, but they'll be without Ben Simmons, which is such a big part of their team. But, you know, they still have Joel Embiid. That matchup with Aiton makes me a little worried. But we have more to play for than anyone we match up against for the rest of this. Mm-hmm. So we're the hungrier team, and we've beat the Sixers before. I think we can do it again. Yeah, we also just tend to play well against the Sixers for whatever reason. Right. You know? So Embiid is problematic, yes, but no Ben Simmons really is favorable for us. And before the Heat game, I sent you a text and I said, Devin Booker's due for 40 points. And I really thought he was going to get it in that one. But maybe Mm -hmm. he's saving it up for the 76ers. Yeah, well, because he had 35 against the Heat. He had 35. He's had 35 a couple times in this bubble. I want to see him get to 40, though. This could be the game. I'm feeling that. Sounds good. And, you know, (laughs) uh, their playoff spot should be locked in, too. And it seems like Joel Embiid is the last guy that you'd want out there playing meaningless minutes in a meaningless game. Maybe we catch a break here. Maybe. I mean, the fact that it's the second to last game for, you know, for us and for the Sixers, I believe, then maybe they do sit him out. We can hope. And then the last game of the bubble for the Suns is against the Mavericks again, and that's on Thursday. Another team whose playoff spot will definitely be locked in if it's not already by then. So if you're the Mavericks coach, do you play Luka and KP or do you give them a rest? Oh, that's tough. I mean, so much could change in this week. Like, this is such a big week for the NBA. I think if you see... This is your spot. This is who you're going to be playing. There's one more game in the way of this. 
you feel like your guys have gotten enough run to, you know, get back into game shape. I could see resting either one or both of Porzingis and Luca. I hope that happens. The our first game against them. I said this last week on the episode. It was the most upset I've been in a win due to all the ref ball that happened and watching Luca shoot nearly as many free throws as we did as a team. That was a tough game. I think that was maybe our toughest one in the bubble so far. Yeah, that or the Clippers game. Right. I guess that Clippers one, it just feels so good because of that game winner. But, you know, those were both very tough games, and I I don't want to match up with a full-strength Mavs again. So I'm crossing my fingers that someone's getting the night off there. Yeah, well, and I mean, I think it just goes into the importance of us winning. I mean, we've got to win all of these games. The playoff scenario that that really is looking somewhat possible is we win our last three games and the Blazers lose one game. If that happens, we're in. It's so crazy. Before this started, we had less than a 1% chance of making the playoffs. And we've watched it go from 1 to 3 to 5 to 6. We're up to a 10% chance right now. And that, that'll be different by the time you listen to this because some games will have been played. But right. this has been such a fun ride. And it's, it's the first meaningful basketball in nearly a decade for us Suns fans. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Well, and at time of recording, we do have some important games going on. The Raptors are leading the Grizzlies 81-68 to 68 as we're nice. recording this. Yep, so that's third quarter's almost over there. And then the Spurs are up on the Pelicans, 43-26, about halfway through the second quarter. I know. Smoking them. So, like we say, no lead is ever really safe in the NBA, but I I like the Raptors' chances in this game. And then the the Blazers play the 76ers later today at, at time of recording. So, if the Sixers can win that... Oh, please. Oh, I'm a big 76ers fan until tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Well, and Portland is favored by two and a half as of right now. But you never know. You never know. It's the NBA. That's right. But in this Mavs game, we have our bet question. It's the last game of the regular season, so we're saving our bet question for that. And we're going to look at a team stat. The Suns have been very good at assisting on on scoring plays lately and just throughout the whole season. So the question is, how many assists will the Suns have as a team? It seems like they're mid-20s every game throughout the bubble without looking at the stats. I just know that we move the ball so well, and that's how we score. So I'm going to stick with that trend. Let's go 26. Ooh, okay. I In my head, I had this already. I'm not just saying it because you said it. This is what I was thinking from the start. 27. Okay, Mitchell. I know, I know. I've, <laughs> I've done it every week of this bubble, but I got to do what I got to do. Well, you so. know what? You'll probably just hit it square on the head again, and it won't even matter. So. <laughs> Uh, well, and it's funny because throughout the season before the hiatus, I was not this hot. 
I, I kind of had your number. You did. There were, I think I won. I won overall one or two months, but it was close. But you got me most of the time. But the yeah. bubble, I've just been on it. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, uh, the number of team assists for the Suns. Tweet at us at Sunny and PHX Pod with your guess, and whoever's closest will get that shout out next week. We're going to have a feast at the Cornish Pasty. That's what's going to happen. We need to. I think the downtown one might be open again. Shout out to the Cornish Pasty. If you live in Phoenix, you got to eat there. It's so good. One of everything on your menu for my boy Mitch, because he's (laughs) just so good at Suns trivia now. (laughs) We might have them cater the uh, rehearsal dinner. I'll be there. Yeah, you will be there. (laughs) I I will be there, and I'll happily be there. Times two, for many reasons. Yes, it's so good. But with that, we will move to our non-sports section of the show. And... This question that I'm just coming up with off off the top of the dome is, speaking of restaurants, speaking of going out and doing things, what's the first thing you're going to do once COVID restrictions are like completely gone? Ooh, that's good. I might need a minute to think about this. Yeah. So. Well, let me tell you my answer. I have my answer. Yeah. I'm a big concert goer. A lot of concerts I've been planning on going to have been canceled postponed whatever because of all this rightly so we got to do it this is going to be over eventually whenever that is so once it's over i'm going to find the first metal show that's in the area i'm going to buy tickets and i'm going to jump into a mosh pit that's the that's the way to celebrate the ending of a pandemic is a mosh pit yeah (laughs) that's what i'm gonna do i believe that that's good so I, I think, and you know, we've been playing it safe. We're, we're not overly cautious here or anything, but we've been staying away from restaurants. And my wife loves going out to eat. I, I enjoy it, not as much as her, I'll just say that. But I just want to take my wife out to dinner. It's been a really long time, like a really long time, and we need it. So, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll kind of break our own rules and go somewhere if we can find a good time to do it, but I, I think that pro- that's probably number one, and I think my wife will be happy to hear that too. I'm sure she will. <laughs> but, you know, and restaurants are one of those things that, like, it seems like there is a safe way to do it, you know? I know earlier on in this, we went out once or twice, and, you know, as soon as you get there, you wash your hands, you wear your mask, except for when you're eating, and you sit outside. Sitting outside is the key, though, because we really can't do that right now. It's just so hot. No, unless uh, it's about 1 a.m. Yeah. I think that's when I enjoy outdoors. Yeah. I've been, even I've been going real hard night owl lately just okay. to enjoy those couple hours at night. Yeah. No, I mean, the other night it was like 106 at midnight. Ugh. Yeah, I know. And it's going to be hot again next week, but... It's. I think we can say it's monsoon season. We've had a small one, so I'm hoping we get some more in the near future. That'd be um, nice. Or, you know, yeah. I'm just ready for it to cool down. We, we've got another one more bad month of heat, yeah. I'd say, and then we, we start going on the up and up, and things are beautiful, and our relatives from back in the Midwest are sending us pictures of blizzards, and then mm-hmm. we reply with a picture next to our pool, and, yeah. You know, it's a 
yearly occurrence. Definitely. Well, and I, it seems to me, at least from my perspective, that COVID-wise, time is at least going a little bit faster now. I know early on, like March, April, like time just seemed to go really slowly. Yeah. And, you know, Amir Blumenfeld had made this joke. I made this joke quite a bit. I got it from him. But that the month of April, the month of March, maybe even May, was just like one big square rather than like separate boxes on the calendar. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like. And I think lately, like August, even July, a little bit of June, it's, it seemed time is seeming to pass a little bit more normally. My weeks are starting to go by a little bit quicker. That's, that's good. And I, I can say that being able to watch basketball for six hours a day, if you choose to, that's been <laughs> really nice. That makes the time go by and entertaining. Yeah. It helps. Well, and I think just having that schedule is so helpful, you know, because it's like, okay, the Suns play on Monday and Wednesday and Saturday this week or whatever it is, you know, then you have those things to look forward to. And it gives you like a timestamp for where you're at in the week because it's like, okay, it's Saturday, the Suns play. It actually feels like a Saturday now. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well. We're getting back on track. The Suns are on track for a playoff spot. And this is just insane. Let's let's keep winning these last three games. Let's see some losses go to some uh, some of our opponents. Man, can if we make the playoffs, I oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> we've been doing this show for like five years now, five and a half years. And we've never once been even at the point where we can taste the playoffs. No. And now we're like getting closer. It's it's crazy. And you know, we're we're enjoying it so much. And under the circumstances that we just talked about, it's been a rough time for everybody in the world lately. And now we get to watch, you know, if you're listening to this show, you love basketball. It's one of your hobbies. Things are coming back to normal while the Suns are doing the abnormal winning games, and it's just been a blast. And we thank you for listening to this podcast where you get to listen to us enjoy ourselves. We <laughs> we have fun doing this, and, uh, man, if we're going to be a playoff team, it's going to be even more fun. Wins are fun. This is dragging on. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. Thanks for listening, and go Suns. filled with